that makes sense. That's why it's a little unsettling. It's yeah, it's yeah. Go much lower, John Carpenter. Lord. Your score. Hello. Welcome to We Bought Man. a Mic. I just want to say it was a bold choice using the the new Halloween theme and not the classic. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that uh, <laughs> as we talk. The Jesus new Halloween. Christ. Not Halloween, not Halloween, but Halloween. Halloween Paren- parentheses, parentheses 2018. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the third Halloween movie, the eleventh. The tenth or the eleventh? Eleventh. They, they basically just leaned into like Twitter memes of what you call movies with the yep. parentheses in the year. They're like, yeah, it's just literally called that. <laughs> Welcome so to the I show. It. I am Ernest Calderon. I am Hunter Mobley. And oh, I'm Ray. Yeah. What's up, guys? I'm a gentleman, <laughs> you fucking assholes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, there we go. And manners. manners. And I'm Drew. Oh. As I thought gentleman. you were a gentleman. Yeah. Gentleman, well, comma, gentleman. Welcome gentleman. back to the show, Ray. Thanks, guys. So we had you on way back in the day when we'd reviewed Star Wars The Last Jedi. So now you're back from your Force Island exile. Yes. And you're here to... Yeah, you did? You learned <laughs> yeah. how to how to murder uh, horny teenagers? Specifically that, yes. Good, oh, yeah. good. To the to the new sick beats of John Carpenter. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I really did like that. So actually. freaking different. <laughs> so so good. So right. we're gonna be talking Halloween and a bunch of stuff that we've been watching. But first, we've got some news. Yeah, we have a bit of. There's been a tragedy Ooh. this week. Uh, <laughs> it started actually. The first inkling of news that we had was from some a random girl on Twitter. She's verified. I don't know what uh, her occupation is, but she basically said, I was on a flight uh, sitting behind Nathan Fielder, and he told me that there was no more Nathan for you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you fucking idiot. And, uh, and this week it came out that that is, in, in fact, the truth. We kind of already knew this Damn. based on... Yeah. Finding Francis being such a perfect ending. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of had a feeling and, that that was just the end of it. Yeah, all. and he's discussed in interviews that he had a hard time this most recent season coming up with fresh content. And you could kind of see that, but it was still a great season. Uh, you know, I've I've gone through the seven stages of grief. Uh, <laughs> I made sure to do it before airing so I wasn't belligerent. Um <laughs> But the, your eyes are still. Puffy. It'd be fun oh, if you were in denial and you're like, "No, I don't care what he said." Yeah. <laughs> so wait, it was a random person on Twitter or a verified? Well, person? no. After that, it has come out that that is true oh, okay. officially it from from Pete Nathan. Thing. Do you, do you yeah. see that? What? Some person like two or three weeks ago was like in New York, took a picture of Pete Davidson because he slammed his phone, saying, "I don't want to break up." Oh, yeah. I oh, love damn. you or something, and he was like really upset, and then like boom, they broke up, and like, he like tweeted about it. He's like, "Yo, they broke up." But like no one believed him. Yeah, because I mean, everyone wants to get famous from that shit. Yeah, that's funny because that's wild. (laughs) What what if they broke up because of like how bad movies are, where it's like, oh, I'm breaking up, I can't hear you, and they're like, you're breaking up, (laughs) and then they just stay broken up. It's a really, really just intense SNL sketch they're working. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's so meta. Well, R.I.P. Nathan for you. I R.I.P. Pete Grande. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. the no. the upshot of this <laughs> no. Hariana, <laughs> the the upshot of all this is he has stated that he's going to continue generating content in some form. Yeah, if I mean maybe it's too much to ask, but if he put out something like Finding Francis, like a ninety minute documentary, just once a year, 
That is a lot to ask. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> if you asked me to do that, I'd be like, fuck you. I feel like you could definitely see, and I think that we talked about when we were talking about the last season of Nathan for you, that I feel like you really struggled with, not that he has gotten like necessarily popular, but that whole genre of taking advantage of people who are stupid and just want to get famous has become such a thing that people are more cautious and aware. Yeah. And and people can just like look at this guy who's coming after them and Google the name and know exactly what he's about. So it was like harder for him to actually find people who were susceptible to falling into his ploys. That was an increasing problem. And I think on like a personal level, it's the same deal with Eric Andre, which is Mm -hmm. why that show is kind of in limbo right now. We're like, they kind of want to uh, evolve beyond kind of pranking people. No matter how elaborate and incredible it is. There's a ceiling to yeah. it. Yeah. And even though it's like my favorite show, I can see like if you watch. Did you see Finding Francis, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you oh, yeah. if you watch that, you're like this. This guy could make like anything like he's a documentary filmmaker. Like he could do so much that like I, he probably just feels kind of limited by this show. And on top of that. He was the co-creator, executive producer. He wrote episodes. He was editing episodes. He did literally everything. I'm sure he's fucking exhausted. Um, But I'm still sad and salty. Damn. Um, Well, you can watch all of it on Hulu right now. The complete (laughs) series. Can't get it on Blu-ray, though. It's not yeah, out you yet. You get on filthy DVD. DVD. Yeah. What Come are you on, doing? Nathan. He's Canadian. They don't have Blu-ray technology <laughs> up there yet. They did uh, legalize weed, though. Yeah. That's why, though. They're so far behind on everything else now. They're yeah. like, yeah, we'll get the technology eventually. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. What, like computers? <laughs> whoa, whoa. All right. Let's get to what we've been watching. First, Big Mouth Season 2. Yeah. You see any of this, Ray? Not yet. You see Season 1? Yeah, I saw Season 1. I love Season 1. Yeah, I I was a big fan of Season 1. I've only seen the first two eps of uh, Season 2. They've they've made a pivot that I kind of uh, don't like. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but they are kind of centering the show around the monster characters now. Mm. It's not like all about them, but they are in every scene now there is almost not a scene without either the hormone monster or Maya Rudolph's. I think that's how the first season started it's, as well. Well, it, it's, it kind of leaned. And as it, as it went on, it kind of tapered off from that. Yeah. It's just, I really think that like Nick Kroll and the crew just can't get enough of these funny voices and all that. And I really, I don't know. I kind of miss just having like them, these kids like talking about puberty like it's just mm-hmm. so it's it, cautious though cautious how you say this continue though <laughs> i just i just <laughs> no these little boys talk about what now this is my moment i'm, I'm coming out of i'm coming out i miss <laughs> i miss the rawness oh, oh no Uh-oh. of the storyline we'll be right back yeah. <laughs> you come back and it's like nathan and he's like yeah i'm drew hey guys <laughs> Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of miss the more like grounded storylines because it was our, it was always like a super zany show. Yeah. It's way out there. There's like a ghost character who's yeah. just is, like in an attic, and they go and get advice <laughs> from the, him. Yeah, the ghost of Duke Ellington. Yeah, and it's played by Jordan Peele, which is great. And I'm obviously they want to use Jordan Peele's voice as much as they possibly can with his his you know come up. But like it's just so off the fucking wall now that it's hard to even understand what's happening sometimes. It's just I, nonsensical. You mean, yeah. Like with just... that said, I still like it. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? I. I really enjoyed the show. It took me a while to catch up on season one because I never finished it. But oh, yeah. I just caught up and I really loved it. I, I love yeah. how out there it gets. I love the relationship between the Jenny Slate character with uh, John Mulaney's character, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew and Missy. 
uh, the way they explored that with them, like, you know, kind of having their first kiss and uh, wanting to date and all of that, like that overarching story was really, really well done, I thought. Uh, and even like the parents too. Whenever the parents get a moment, like Fred Armisen and oh, yeah. Rudolph, I thought all of that works really, yeah. really well. Yeah, and Andrew's weird sexually parents. Yeah, yeah who are like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's who. That's who it is. There, I, yeah, I, I really love season one, and I still, I still like season two. It's, I mean, it's like I said, you know, we we like uh, how adult cartoons have become kind of more serious and more profound, but like, there's still room for one that's just like stupid and funny. Like, that's fine, and also. It has a niche. It's not just like a family guy of like, it's really not about anything. It's also specifically about something, which is cool. Like it's about puberty. And there's like character development and actual right. like plot. And yeah. Not yeah. just jokes. They can just want to tell. Like the, the story of, uh, of Jason Manzuka's character uh, impregnating his pillow. Yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> finding out that the child wasn't his, but his brother's because he comes out wearing a pot uh, hat. <laughs> Yeah, We've it's all been so, there. it's We've all in, been yeah. There. So it's like insanely like zany a show. Like it's crazy off the walls. Yeah. But I I still like it. I'm gonna watch the whole thing. Like it's it's a, pretty short. It's just yeah, 10 it's episodes. short. There's there's no pressure to really like follow it super closely. It's just like a fun show. Um yeah. So Big Mouth on Netflix. Uh, real quick, I've been trying to catch up on Glow on Netflix. Mm. So I'm I know there's a second season. Mm. But I'm trying to catch up on season one, and I love it. It took yeah. me forever to get into the show. It's a good show. But it's so good. It's so funny. I was like, we like randomly clicked on it. because I mean, mainly clicked on it because of Allison Brie. And I like just everything she's done has been good always. Hey, watch it, man. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah I, I, bet, I bet you love the Allison Brie subreddit. <laughs> um, yeah. I just started getting into uh, Reddit, actually. Just because like everything I Google will take me to Reddit, so I'm like, all right, I might yeah, as well try and learn. How to as use well as it. get on here. No, her her subreddit is just uh, gifts of her boobs. Uh, <laughs> uh, R slash no. Annie's boobs. Surprise, yeah. surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> all right, real quick, I want to breeze through a few things I watched this week because I watched a good bit, so I'm going to try to get through it quick. Uh, first, I finished season four of Better Call Saul. Uh, this is one of the best shows on television. It, it's absolutely incredible so patient so deliberate and it just pays off in the most satisfying ways like this season the mike subplot was how he oversaw the building of the super lab Mm -hmm. of the underground of Mm. gus's underground super lab and how and how he hired these like german engineers to come in and dig this underground hole and build it all in secret and just the fact that they took an entire season to tell this whole story of just how one location was created is amazing. And mm-hmm. it, damn, and you're invested in the characters and the main engineer, the main German guy, and like his journey and what he's struggling with. And they actually build out Mike's character because in Breaking Bad, Mike is just kind of like this heartless, like no nonsense, no fucks given type of guy. Mm, I love Mike. And in Better Call Saul, like they actually give him all this heart. And you really are connected to the the little bit of soul that this guy has. Was uh, Mike just introduced in this season? No, he's no, been he's always since, been on it. Yeah, yeah. he's been in it since I the start. Remember, I, I saw the first season a few years ago, and I kind of, I this show was amazing, but I just so kind good. of didn't have time to. do it. I need to just kind of go through and it's, catch up because I know this is one of the best things that's on TV. It's uh, it honest, it feels like like a mental workout to watch it, kind of because it, it the pacing is so much. It's 
I almost want to call it better pacing because yeah. it's kind of it's like a good movie from the it's 70s. Very deliberate. Well, it's so slow. While in, a good in way. while in Breaking Bad, you had montages of them cooking meth and yeah. like you know doing crazy criminal shit. In this one, you have montages of them like highlighting legal documents or putting <laughs> post-it notes on a window or so, you know, selling apples. selling um like drop phones. Like that's a a thing that happens in this new season is Jimmy kind of fleshes out the the Saul Goodman persona by mm. selling uh phones, by selling like drop phones to criminals so that when they need a lawyer, who are they going to call? Nice. Here okay, this is related to Better Call Saul. Here's a segment. I'm springing this on you guys right now. Ooh. Your Mount Rushmore of shows that your parents want you to watch now that they have streaming. Uh Ozark. Yes. Uh, yep. Oh, yep. Oh, okay, so Ozark, Narcos, Narcos, Bloodline. Oh, Kyle Chandler, Drew, <laughs> Kyle Chandler, you gotta watch it. Uh, better Call Saul. Well, Breaking Bad. My dad was like, "Yo, have you seen Breaking Bad?" I'm like, "Yo, dad, have yes. you seen Breaking Bad?" Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. And then my fifth is it's got to be like a weird comedy that's like pr- definitely not good. Mozart in the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say Shit's Creek. On, oh yeah, on Netflix. They're like, oh, it's it's like the guy with the like, big eyebrows from American Pie and like his real life son. And they're like, funny. <laughs> I can't do that for my uh, mom's family or my mom and stepdad because they just watch like HD TV and TLC nice. shit. Property Brothers but for, all like, day. For <laughs> shows that my sister wants me to watch, um, what's that show? Um, it's like about musical theater. Um, I think it's Mozart in the Jungle. Glee? No, not clean. No, no, no. It's Crazy but it's kind of uh, it's uh in that vein. It's a uh, it's like a one word thing. I don't know. Glee. This is a good segment. <laughs> it's Glee. Ready? It starts with a G, yeah. ends with and, an E, and with free, it rhymes with free. Oh. Yeah, uh, I, it's something like that. But uh, well, yeah, Better Call Saul, amazing show. They they probably could get another two seasons out of this. Wait, they're using the same actor for Mike though. Sorry, I forgot that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking older and older. He's so, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing about it. And like, same not, goes for Gus. And it's yeah. not like Odenkirk's hairline is going anywhere right. good. <laughs> but uh, either way, it's still, it's so good. It's just like. Well, Odenkirk is an amazing actor. So he can convey different eras of this character's life mm-hmm. just by his physicality and the way he composes himself. Yeah, okay. he, he doesn't need makeup. Yeah. Like you, he's able to sell it just with his performance. He's, he's amazing. Odenkirk is a great story of a, a guy who grinded his fucking ass off for his whole life. Like he had a very revolutionary sketch comedy show, but he didn't really get jobs out of it. Yeah. Uh, and he was just kind of doing nothing for like 10 years when he got breaking bad. He went on, speaking of glow, he went on Mark Maron's pod, which I don't recommend, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Maron is great in glow though. Yeah. It's just, he's, he's awesome. man, I, it's he's so, it starts with 15 minutes of him talking about like his cats or something. And it's like, oh, okay, fast. I'm forward. sold. I'm sold. 30 seconds forward. 30 seconds forward. Mark Maron and back. Pete Holmes. It's just like, it's so much, there's really good content in there, but it's just so much to feel. It's like, yeah, it's like, here's what's can't. going on with me. <laughs> At least. Yeah. Mark Maron and Pete both do that where they bring guests on and then they just talk about themselves and you're like, yeah, I'm yeah. not listening to the podcast for <laughs> yeah. you. Any, anyway though, uh, he went on there and he's like 50 and Mark is like, Mark didn't have glow yet. And he was like, he's hopeless. He's really depressed anyway. And Bob was like, dude, I got my break when I was 50. Like just fucking chill. And I'll like, don't give up. Yeah. And like, like speak of the devil, like a year later he gets glow and all of a sudden he's an actor and it's like, what? Yeah. 
By the so, way, guys, it was Smash that I was thinking of. Ah, uh, Smash. Cool. Smash. Yeah, see, yeah. Didn't they I cancel that? Maybe. I think it's canceled. Yeah, he knows. Rip. All right. Next thing I want to talk about is Minding the Gap. This is a documentary on Hulu about skateboarders. Oh, yeah. This, I've seen it. I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've like... This is it. one of the best movies of the year. I've heard that this movie is incredible. I cannot recommend this enough. I'm not going to go into details about like what happens, mm-hmm. but it is hard to to watch sometimes because of how viscerally raw and personal this film is because the the main guy the director the filmmaker mm-hmm. he's filming his friends like the people closest to him and he's telling a story over the course of years like it's footage this is probably a guy who just like sits there with a camera at all mm-hmm. times and just films what's happening around him and he was able to craft a beautiful compelling touching story out of years and years and years of footage basically about him and his two friends and how and what skateboarding means to them and how it's they all like real though yeah okay. yeah yeah and how um they escape from their personal troubles through skateboarding so mm-hmm. not only are you getting amazing skateboarding footage like you're just flying behind these guys as they're just soaring down the streets on their skateboards. It looks Damn. beautiful. But then you have these interview segments where people are, these people are really, really opening up. Like think about shit that happens with your family or with your friends. That is like real fucking shit that you yeah. don't want to talk about. It's already hard enough to talk about shit like that. And to talk about it to a camera is a whole nother yeah. level. That's what makes this movie so great. Damn. Is you- that you're like, you're getting into shit that like you, that most people wouldn't see because mm. it's just so raw and so personal. And it, it, there were scenes in this movie that like absolutely tore me apart of how heartbreaking it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought it was going to be like that Jonah Hill movie that's coming Mid-90s, out. Mid-90s, yeah. I thought <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh, cool, just skateboarding, it's going to be chill, which also looks kind of like personal, but yeah, mm. no, this is a whole thing. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I kind of thought whenever I saw it at first before I heard all the positive buzz on it, um, I don't know if you guys saw that movie. Uh, it was a documentary that came out, uh, I think it was last year. It was called uh, Dumb. Uh, about the Big Brother magazine, no. which that's, is actually that's cool. it's a it's a Big cool Brother ma- of the show. No, 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 no. no, no. It was there a was magazine. a magazine oh. back in the day. It was like huge for like skating culture. Yeah, though, this, and everything yeah. Like this that. is it actually was a revolutionary magazine. Yeah, this is the magazine that Johnny Knoxville got started on. Yeah, he he that, started. He wrote an article about tasing himself, and yeah. then and then it was a hit, and All so he started making jackass, videos. Like Jackass yeah. wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this kind of shit. Um, but it really the cool thing about that. Um, is yeah, I mean the making of the magazine itself is cool, but diving deep into this whole skateboarding culture because there's part of you that has to be kind of a little bit uh, just kind of willing to set yourself up for serious pain whenever you're skateboarding because you just fall over and over and over again. But it's about getting it that one time whenever you yeah. nail this trick right, and that's why Jackass became a thing because it kind of just focuses on the pain and everything that goes into this and they're like oh well let's just make a show that's just about just, the pain, just the pain. <laughs> it's no actual like reward at yeah. the end of it all i, I love jackass honestly. yeah oh yes yeah, i don't um any did you guys skate any of you i skated I tried. a little bit um, <laughs> me too i tried I, was yeah. I think we all tried <laughs> it's i almost got a kickflip one time yeah that's that's pretty baller yeah um, i tr- i got the motion but then i fell yeah. i i longboarded uh down a hill to mm. my bus stop right. <laughs> but Sick. Uh, anyway 
uh, that skate culture is has always been like really fascinating to me. Like I almost wanted to be a, a skater kid just to like like be in that crowd. It always seems so cool. On on comedians and cars, one time again, uh, pompous host. If you don't like that, don't. But they're talking about it. Just came up like randomly, and Jerry Seinfeld is just like you know. Every time I see a bunch of kids on skateboards, I think like those kids are gonna be all right because they're busting their ass and over and over on purpose and they just keep trying like it's a really it's one of those crafts that's like like that's probably why i didn't do it well, yeah. it's almost like football it's almost like right up there because you know you're just gonna get the yeah shit you kicked have, out of you, you no matter what hurt and it's like and you're falling on fucking pavement too like yeah you know, like, well, or think, steel bars or you know just worse i think one of the things that i really took away from minding the gap is that these guys are looking for some sense of control like the things that are happening in their life that are really affecting them that really are fucking them up are kind of out of their control you know they i I don't want to say too much because part of the what the great thing about this movie is going into it not knowing the details but skateboarding to them is just a way to feel like they are in control of what they're doing and what is happening to them. That if they fall and they break a bone, it was because of what they chose, of a yeah. decision that they made, not some other shit beyond them that is coming in to ruin their lives. Yeah, dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, no. Fucking exactly. I'll break my own leg. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, Minding the Gap, cannot recommend this enough. It, it, it's not really doing itself any favors with that title and people associating it with being a movie about skateboarders. Cause it's not really about that. It's not about that at all. It's a movie about life and how hard it is. Hmm. Um, I'm going to check it out. It's yeah. Great. You already, yeah. You told me about it before and I was like, that sounds amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. See, I keep scrolling by it, but now I'm just going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the title card? Uh, <laughs> six out of 10. Oh no, never mind. Okay. I'm not going to check it out. Next thing real quick. I saw Venom. Okay, Ooh. in theaters so right now. We should talk about. We were originally planning on reviewing this as a review for the podcast. Do you regret not making that a featured review? Um, I honestly am really fascinated by this movie, and you know, <laughs> no, just just already. just the fact that they made a fucking Venom <laughs> movie. Like, what the fuck? Venom's a terrible character. Yeah. The only reason why he exists is because they wanted to give Spider-Man a black suit to sell toys and they wanted to come up with some sort of storyline uh, to Spider-Man back up. 3? Yeah. No, wait. There would be Grace. no Topher. Have you, did you never play the, the Spider-Man on the PlayStation? Uh, the one that's yeah. just called Spider-Man? Yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah. When you game. like hang out with Venom? Dude, yeah. no, Venom <laughs> Is that the ass. one where Venom's there's awesome. no ground and you just fly around? Yeah, and but you just hang like out. You play poker <laughs> with like the Punisher and yeah. Daredevil too. And it's yeah. awesome. No, yeah. Oh. Well, I'm saying more like Venom looks awesome as a cartoon, like mm-hmm. as a drawing on a page, on a comic book. Like he looks so cool. That's why he's so popular. Yeah. Because you look at that design and you're like, holy shit. No, that's every, a, yeah. That's but every awesome. time they make them, they just make them not cool. I'm like, come on. Yeah. It's a big, scary monster. Make it, it cool. It doesn't mm-hmm. translate well to, to film. And in this movie, whenever you do get Venom, it's a black monster against the CGI, night sky. Though. Yeah. Yeah. CGI you also. can't even see anything. But the the reason why I'm kind of into this movie is because of Tom Hardy. Like, his performance in this movie is one of the best performances I've seen all year. Okay. Is his accent racist? 
I don't know who, like Al Pacino. <laughs> I, I don't know, just New Yorkers, I guess. But it's set in San Francisco. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so the answer is yes. Then. Okay, then, yeah. <laughs> yep. He's Arrest doing that man. He's do, he's doing like a Bay Area type thing. What? I thought this was New York. Oh no. my god. <laughs> um, he is on another fucking planet in this movie. Like, he, there is a scene, or okay, the the middle chunk of this movie is. Mm-hmm brilliant because it's just tom hardy freaking the fuck out because (laughs) there is a venom inside of him Mm. and he's just like trying hard to like be normal but there's like a voice in his head and there's like black goo coming out of him punching people so he's he's killing it he looks like shit he's like sweating and dirty you know you watch the the avengers movies and all those heroes always have perfect hair and like just land perfectly yeah. they're oh, always yeah. perfect i want a stinky boy yeah, yeah. venom a looks dirt like, on the face venom Ooh, looks I like fucked it. up or yeah. uh tom hardy looks fucked up in this movie <laughs> okay and I, I loved every second of that. The middle third of this movie when he's like struggling with what's happening with him. Mm. I loved it. There's there's a scene where he's in a restaurant and he starts eating food off of other people's plates because Venom is hungry and he needs to eat. And then he jumps into a tank of lobsters <laughs> and he just eats one of the lobsters. <laughs> yes. Okay, and, yeah, and, and I kind of cool. like that. And yeah. Tom Hardy, like speci- he's a producer on this film. So he specifically like made that he chose to do that but everything around him is so bad it's like horrendously bad like michelle williams is wearing a horrible wig the whole time jenny slate is wasted oh um sad um i love jenny what's the the uh the british guy's name the brown dude um Um, um, totally wasted yeah yeah, so miscast he was i mean he was pretty publicly like not very happy yeah the first third of this movie is like a shitty rom-com and then the last third is like a cgi mumbo jumbo of uh, cgi versus cgi mess is he on a date in the restaurant when he starts eating (laughs) <laughs> no, no, but oh, she is. It. She is with a new man, and she's like, she's like, um, check please. Yeah. And he joins the jazz band, and she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, this honestly, most of this movie is structured like a romantic comedy, mm. and Venom is like the wacky Dupree figure that comes in. To, <laughs> oh, he's Ted. You, so he's the Ted. This of is, the movie. He's yeah. Matt Dillon, and he's Dupree. You mean yeah. Dupree was a big cop for them in pre-production? He's yeah. like everybody go and study this movie. Yeah. So I don't know. My girlfriend. <laughs> loved this movie <laughs> she kept turning to me and she was like this is the best movie you've ever seen In the is it because it. does it take itself seriously see this is one of the fascinating things about it a lot of times i didn't know i was <laughs> i didn't know there's certain scenes where you're like this is so bad that they have to be in on it mm-hmm. they have to like at the end of this movie michelle williams turns to tom hardy and she's like i'm sorry about venom <laughs> well, you know, because he's tried. gone or not he's not really gone so, so wait so <laughs> sorry about the venom thing so is that venom, sucks for you is venom yeah. a good guy in this movie is he like the protagonist kind of like for most of the movie venom is like shitty and well he just wants to eat most of the time <laughs> and then at at some point he like det- detaches a very millennial movie i love it he detaches himself from tom hardy and he makes his way to Michelle Williams, and then you see a lady Venom with tits. I'm not mm. lying. Oh my god! And, <laughs> oh my god. and then he, Lady Venom makes out with Tom Hardy, 
So there's an extended shot of I think I do Tom like Hardy this movie. just making I, out with I, Venom. You sold me on yeah. this movie. I am all in on yeah, this. for it. Um, so, yeah, I don't so know. So what are you, you going to give it? I would give it like a strong five. <laughs> strong five. Uh, light six. I don't know. I enjoyed myself. There's some some of the humor. That's really actually works. a lot better than I was expecting for this movie going in. But, like I, this movie and all the trailers and everything looked like a hot pile yeah. of garbage, and a lot of it is. So I'm glad, no, but it's at least like enjoyably yeah. bad whenever it's bad. But sometimes it's not. I mean, sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's horrible. When when I heard the comps of what Hardy's doing, and when you see the trailer, you're like, oh, he's doing like a Nick Cage. He's doing like a, a Pacino, just like fucking like like off Dude, the fucking he, walls. He deserves movie. an Oscar for this movie. <laughs> I'm not okay, fucking lying. No, shut up. <laughs> he, he Who else it, does that? You know, he, he does like the it. he does the anti version of what Ryan Gosling does in First Man. Yeah. He's so restrained. Tom Hardy's like, I'm getting my fucking Oscar. I am Venom. Yeah, no, he fucking goes for it. I man. guess I'm I'd rather watch it. that than like you know a melodramatic DC thing. Exactly. You know? Okay, but well, in terms of quality, it's like on the same level as like a Solo. Star is Born. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Colin for giving them the same uh, rating. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a fine movie. I, I get why it's making a lot of money and why people are liking it. Because it's like you can just watch it and be like entertained by the basic at, at a very basic level. But the story is just so half-assed, so horrendous. Like so much shit just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. See, they made like Venom instead of see, just pure CGI, more Cronenberg-esque, like real, like just real yeah. effects. Oh, well, see, that's I mean, scary. That's real. That's the, like I don't know. You know, part of me thinks that like if this movie wasn't Venom, it would be a lot better. If they would have just come up with some original concept of Tom Hardy being Upgrade. infected by. So yeah, I haven't seen Upgrade, but Upgrade. I've heard it's like the same thing. <laughs> Uh, but just a new, just a new concept. Because them trying to make it look like Venom, like the comic book, it just looks bad. Yeah, it looks like it looks like shit. No. Uh, so you know, go see it. Maybe you'll probably like it. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not gonna see it. <laughs> but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed you talking about. it. I'm intrigued yeah. by it after you the, talking. The about The reason it, to be why why Lee loved it so much is because it was unlike anything else. <laughs> this movie is, is unlike anything else you'll see. It is so weird and bonkers, and half of it is trash, and the other half is like so weird. Mm-hmm. So it's just different. It's something different. And yeah. Tom Hardy himself is okay. knocking it out of the park. So, um, so Hunter, what's what? Uh, what? Tell us, tell us what you've been watching. Hunter. So, um, Why? I get a chance to see it's it's second in the box office to Venom. No, it's not. Um, Goosebumps two. Whoa. Colon, Haunted Halloween. Okay. Ooh. So I should say, um, I saw the uh, the first Goosebumps movie. I actually saw it. Um, it came out at the same time as The Martian. And I really wanted to see The Martian because The Martian was getting good reviews and Ridley Scott and everything. And I was with a friend of the podcast, Colin Goody. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, nah, dude, let's go see Goosebumps. It'll just be like a fun romp. Like, we could just go see Goosebumps together. Yeah, notable R.L. Stein uh, fuckboy. Um, Colin I Goody. love Goosebumps stories. Like, I grew up reading Goosebumps. I've always loved scary stuff, being spooked. So I was like, all right, you know what? We'll go see it. The first Goosebumps movie is terrible. That movie sucks. It's not even like a good kids movie. It's like, it's not quite a wrinkle in time bad, but it's right there with it. Like, it is just bad all around. Um, Jack Black, I actually thought about this the other day. Jack Black is turning into the new Johnny Depp, where he's there. He's He's there just to be zany and, well, uh, who knows? Um, (laughs) But like, 
think about it, like the comparisons for their careers. Both of them started out wherever they were younger, being really good in roles. I mean, Jack Black never reached the highs of Johnny Depp in his youth or anything. But Orange I mean, County. when you look at hey, underrated hey, Orange County is a great movie. I think he's great in School of Rock. Doing that's his probably stick. his best. I mean, work. that's yeah. That was the peak of that's School everything of you ever want from Jack Black. Is in that even movie. if it may not have aged the best, I love Tenacious D. I think Tenacious D is incredible. That's probably one of my most watched movies ever because I just used to watch that movie on a loop whenever I was in my teens. I think they're making another one. They shouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, so he is terrible in the first one. Um, I feel like R.L. Stein. He's not dead, but he should be rolling in his grave because of the fact that. R.L. Stein, who's known to be this like very introverted, like in his own head kind of guy, is played by Jack Black, who's so zany and all oh, over no. the place. It is horrible casting. Um, but so going into the second one, I actually was thinking that the second one would be better than the first movie, just because the first movie didn't even feel like a Goosebumps story. Just to give you a brief uh, story of the main quote unquote twist of the movie is there's a teen love story that happens and the main girl both of them are terrible of course and the main girl that's in it turns out to be she is uh one of R.L. Stern's writings because he's impotent and everything that he writes comes to life so he writes himself a daughter oh wait 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 did you mean to say impotent yeah. Oh, he, okay. I thought, okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought no, you were trying like, to say, like, magic. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> They're the same thing, right? Um, <laughs> Technically, I guess. So, they, uh, he has this daughter. It's very stupid, but it never really felt like a Goosebumps story. This movie does actually feel, like, very Goosebumpsy. It feels like this could be a movie itself. It stars, um... It feels ooh. like it could be a movie. It feels like it could be a movie. It stars Slappy, who I don't know if you guys are Goosebumps heads, uh, but he's, dummy? yeah, he's the the ventriloquist that yeah. comes to life. Ventriloquist I like the covers. dummy. I only really read like three. Great, yeah. great covers. Yeah, yeah great um, covers. Yeah. Ten out of ten on the covers. I'm being Every serious. Time. Yeah, go no, no, covers. Yeah. Um, but I I've, I've always loved Slappy. I think that he's like a really cool and like super creepy character, and it kind of stars him. Mm. Um, this stars our boy Jeremy Ray Taylor, who you might know from It. As Fat Ben, Yo, Fat Boy Ben, okay. stars him, and he is—he's awesome in this. I—I I love him as an actor. Yeah, Fat Ben. Yeah, Fat Ben. He's great. Um, this isn't a good movie by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. I can't say that is. It's a good kids movie though. Like it genuinely did kind of give you—if you don't want to be scared for Halloween, you just want to be a little bit spooked. It gives you a little bit of that, <laughs> a little bit of that spookins. Mm. Like it was, it was nice. I I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Bring my kids to it. God. Yeah, it. take yeah. your kids to go see God it. It's it's fun and spooky. Jack Black is barely in this movie at all. Thank God. He just shows up at the end. He's actually not even credited in like the. Uh, so I think he's credited left, as a producer or was something. It leftover footage from the last movie. He's a ghost. It Ooh, might as well have just, just recycled. <laughs> It is uh, left up that there will be a Goosebumps 3 with a huge twist at the end. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's a thing that's going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, this movie was fine. It was. It, it gave you a little bit of that spook. There's actually um, some good CGI. There's also some really bad CGI. <laughs> uh. But um, like all kids' movies, uh, there's a thing where they have the ultimate deus ex machina, and then they just selectively choose to use it. 
So they have this thing where they have a book that are all stunned, right? And if they open it up, it sucks in the monsters. So instead of just walking around town with this book open to just suck <laughs> in everybody, they're like, use it now. Now put it away. Now use it now. Yeah. Oh, no, the book got stolen from us. It's very that's, stupid. I mean, that's why introducing magic into any story gets so sticky. Yeah, because like, you're like, stories, why wouldn't you just do it, the thing it, yeah. to get rid of everything? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's fine. I don't really have a okay. lot to say about it. Um, moving on to a movie that I do have some more to say about. I saw The Devil's Backbone. GDT mm. original. Um, it is, is this his first movie. The first, well, he, the f- first movie he ever made was Kronos, and then he made uh, I can't remember. He made one or two other movies, and then he made The Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth. This is part of he calls it the Spanish Civil War trilogy. The reigning. Oscar best director Oscar winner yeah um so I've been getting oh mean to get around to this for a while because it seemed kind of spookyish and you know it's that spooky time of season so I uh, I oh, checked out brother. the devil's backbone and this movie is like truly great like so the way that it takes place is they it starts out it all centers around this boy who uh, sent to an orphanage it all is it's the same thing as pan's labyrinth it's all uh, Spanish with subtitled everything um so this boy goes to an orphanage and he's basically just dropped off there without having any kind of background of what's happening the guy who's looking after him uh just drops him off there and dips so he's just there at this orphanage and there's like some weird shit that's happening this or it's really the whole design of this is really cool there's a bomb that's right in the middle of this field that didn't deploy that should have like killed them all it reminds you you know like fallout 3 whenever you first go to that town and there's the like undetonated nuclear bomb yeah. that's just mm-hmm. sitting right there it has that same kind of aesthetic to it so he's there and he's kind of looking around and ha- forms this unlikely friendship with another guy who starts out as a bully but there's this uh this ghost that's like kind of walking around this whole uh village settlement area and it plays with the whole trope of um i shouldn't say the trope but the whole idea of beauty being good and something that's ugly and creepy being evil because as it turns out this guy who is i don't want to get too much into spoilers but this is early on the movie you kind of figure this out that there's this guy who's there who is this young beautiful um like really built dude who turns out he is he is a fucking scumbag and like everything that you see him you just want to punch this dude in the face because you can tell like he is very deeply like an evil human being who's just very motivated by selfish needs and this ghost has a really tragic story that against gets into about how this little boy died and how he was um murdered I just I can't recommend this movie. I really don't want to get too much into spoilers because I want you guys to actually watch this movie. I really think that it's right up there. It's probably like half a notch below Pan's Labyrinth, wow. but Whoa. I'd give this movie like a nine, nine point yeah. five. I mean, out of 10. yeah, like, this a, movie is absolutely like, incredible. Needless to say, it looks awesome. Like, like cinematically, you know, like it's it's gonna be a beautiful movie if he's oh, directing yeah. it. There's a there's this doctor character in it who is really fucking cool, and he gets into this whole idea of faith and spirituality, and basically he's a man of science, but he kind of sells this uh, elixir to the town in order to bring the money because I mean this is during the Spanish Civil War, so money is very very 
dried up and there isn't a lot of it. So he sells this elixir to the town, which he like brews this rum in a jar filled with like a baby's fetus, like an <laughs> unborn fetus. The okay. whole aesthetic mm-hmm. of it is super fucking cool. And, and it's all that practical. Is, is it's all cool. practical. Yeah. And the background, yeah. it's not just like the Spanish Civil War is just a backdrop to the story. It really has a lot to say about the Spanish Civil War without it being um, a war film. Um, you could say that it's almost like a character in the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, just this whole idea of poverty and um, really democracy against fascism, kind of the whole idea of what Spanish Civil War was happening uh, plays a lot into the themes of the movie itself in a really cool way. So I definitely recommend it. Um, I should say I... Oh, we forgot to do the uh, the soundbite. Right. Cracking crate. Ew. Um, <laughs> that was a bad so, one. So, yeah, that was... Ugh. All right, we got to fix that soundbite on, yeah. on the soundboard. Got a little wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a clean take a... for a future. Ooh. Cracking crate. Oh, crack I hope this is an important <laughs> mail. <laughs> what Wait, mail? mail? What? That was... That was uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, cool. check it out. Uh, cool. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk uh, Halloween. Not Halloween, but... Just do the same sound drop. Halloween. We'll be right back. Yeah. No. Oh, I love this. This is spooky. Now's my time. Swerving and an apple doors go up, not on the bus now. Used to want a G-Shock, now I'm walking with a bus down. Pull up and I flood it with a iced out watch. With it look like butter, baby, pecan drop. Pecan drop, put that phone in sun drop. Stand my nuts, count a lot, saw a lot. Got them rocks, not me rocks with the pot. So why do they call them the shape? Well, you see, in the uh, in the original film, despite the fact that certain characters uh, refer to uh, the killer as Michael Myers, John Carpenter never wanted to use a name because he never speaks. You never see his face, so instead, he is just the shape. He is pure evil. He is. He is pure evil. He is venom. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about Venom as a companion piece to the original 1978 classic. Will you tell me which one's better? Michael Myers is a good man. Mike Myers? The love guru? Yeah, yeah. Notably the love guru. Is there a Shrek Halloween cinematic universe link? That could be. You uh, you guys know what the original Michael Myers mask is, don't you? That's where he originated. Shatner. From. Yeah, it's Shat- a Shatner from a really shitty Hallow- like horror movie that he made uh shortly after the Star Trek movies got canceled, and um, actually just listened to a story about uh how they found it. They this went the to they went into a store. Yeah, they went into a, a store like looking for masks, and originally they grabbed a clown mask. And uh, they were like, ah, no, we want to get something because it has to be like he's a human. Like, that's what it is. So instead, they got this uh, Michael, My- this um, William Shatner mask, cut out the holes in it, put a wig on it, and then painted it all Oh, white. they put a wig on it. Yeah, that's they put a wig awesome. on it. Yeah. It looks good. I thought it was Bill Shatner. And as soon as they put it on there, they were just like, 
this is Michael. Yeah, well, no Michael. So that was like the end of their money shit. So they were like, yeah, Whoa. yeah. They had no fucking money for the first. It was also super so. cheap masks. That's Th- the thing. Throughout all the other Halloween movies, they've tried to like recreate the cheap look of that original mask, and usually it looks so bad. Oh, <laughs> like some of those masks look terrible it's like laughable like you can't be scared at some of them you know, i know it's funny latex. is uh <laughs> just to kind of emphasize how nobody expected how the first movie was going to be such a big success for years uh like after they made the movie and then or like from the making to the release and then a little bit afterwards uh the myers mask was just kept in a shoebox in john carpenter's house not like on display or anything because he was like ah, oh, this isn't gonna be that big of a thing I, I whatever just made some shitty he movie. just kept it in a shoebox <laughs> Welcome back. Like one of the most iconic (laughs) things of cinema. We are reviewing Halloween. Not Halloween. Yeah. And not Halloween. All right. Well, that was the third time that you've done that this podcast. I got to make it clear for people because they might think that we're going to be talking about Halloween. Oh, yes. No. The other one is Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Mm. and then Halloween. Okay. So here's the plot description from IMBD. Lori Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. It's written and directed by David Gordon Green, who is famous for Pineapple Express mm-hmm. and Stronger. Did anyone see Stronger? He's, and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot that? of like indie movies recently. Like he's done a lot of smaller shit. In, yeah. In recent years, yeah. If you look at it, like the first things that pop up are things that you've never heard of, but they have actors. That oh you know. yeah. Um, Joe. Yeah. With so, Nick Cage. so yeah, co-written by him and Danny McBride, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah, two guys with mainly like comedy backgrounds. That's what yeah. we associate but them with. McBride was uh, a writer and producer of Eastbound and Down. Mm-hmm. And nice. obviously, uh, if you you know hear any DVD extras of any movie he's in, they talk about how he make writes all his own lines. That's like, awesome. Um, also, bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis again from Halloween H two O and yeah. Resurrection. Jamie Lee Curtis acting like, from what you described, Venom. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this Just fucking wild. This card. is really the second time that they have done this because twenty years ago, when Halloween H two O, twenty years later, that's the full title because it's the nineties. <laughs> uh, they really they kind of did the same thing. They were like, we're bringing. Laurie Strode back. We're bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back for one final confrontation with Michael mm-hmm. Myers. And now fast forward 20 years and kind of yeah. doing so, it, doing it all again. So general thoughts. What do you think? Um, well, let's start with uh, Ray, our guest. What did you think of the movie compared to H2O? Could he use a lot more Busta Rhymes? <laughs> start off with that. No more. No. Uh, um, who was it? Wasn't that LL Resurrection? Cool, LL Cool J was in uh, H2O. Oh, okay. Instead, they used oh. yeah. It was LL Cool J. They used like they a shot number him of, though. I I know my H two O trivia. No, yeah, they shot him though in that movie. They shot LL Cool J. Anyways, no, it was. Yeah, what good. do you think? Oh yeah, it was really good. You like honestly? It? Yeah, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to because I like saw a lot of reviews on it. Because uh, like I said last time I was here, I watched like a lot of YouTube, so I saw four different reviews for it. One, what was uh, recommended for me was it the Stuckman. Mm-hmm. I don't actually like subscribe to him or anything, but I had watched all the other ones. Mm-hmm. His was the most negative. He did not like it. Which is I surprising. Watch all of it. I didn't watch Stuckman all of it. Stuckman likes like, yeah. literally everything. Yeah. I think he's going through some stuff right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he looked bummed. I was like, this is a lot. This is also a 12 yeah. minute review. I'm going like, to dip out. Ever, ever since he got the braces off, he's like, man, I thought I'd be hot. <laughs> 
Girls still don't like me. He got a sleeve tat. Yeah, that's, that's hot. Should we be YouTube guys? Yeah, <laughs> Maybe we probably. Just... Anyway. Uh, um, no, yeah, good. Glad you... Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I... I was coming in at a disadvantage. I don't have any strong connection with the Halloween movies. You've never seen... Have you ever seen a Halloween... Or you've just yeah. seen the Rob Zombie no, ones? No, well, I saw, I saw one of the really old ones, either the first or second one, as a, as a small kid at my friend's house. I uh, wasn't really like paying attention that hard, or, and I wasn't capable of like thinking of what a good movie is. Uh, and then I saw a Rob Zombie one, which I fucking... It sucked so so bad. Like, horrible movie. <laughs> no, I didn't uh, see it. You know, I, I had fun in this movie. There's... I don't know if there's like a ton to say about it aside from like the lore of Halloween. Like as far as like a standalone movie, it's like a you know it's a pretty traditional uh, horror movie. Uh, I had a good time in the theater. Like I had fun. It wasn't. Do you have a full full theater? Uh, it, it was yeah. It was like early afternoon and it was packed. Nice. Shout out to the guy next to me. It was like a guy in his fifties, clearly a super fan. Built like a linebacker, um, with a rat tail and a totally bald scalp. <laughs> And he was every time the music came on in the movie, not just the intro. Every time the music came on, he would whistle it. <laughs> he was just it, oh, oh, that's no. fun. Yeah, that's he, good. He, he was just experience. next to me going like. <laughs> nice, I love when the nice. audience interacts with movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then every time someone died, he'd be like, "Nice." Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, this is but okay. This is kind of what horror has become, like. Mm-hmm. Catering to that guy, yeah, the guy that's like waiting it's, for the kill and like just needs a kill every yeah nine to ten minutes. A- anyway, though, I mean, it was you know it's pretty dumb. Like, there's plenty of dumb shit to pick apart, but it was just like a fun time. I didn't, I wasn't like, ah, get me out of here. It's pretty short, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I had an okay time, and there's in the theater, I was thinking, yeah, this is stupid, but I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it. It's kind of like it reminded me a little bit of it, where it's like, yeah, this is dumb, but it's fun and it's well made. Yeah, yeah, yeah technically well made. There's nothing super wrong with it, I don't think. No, I um, I think I had way too high expectations for this movie. I was pretty disappointed because <laughs> uh, I thought that we were gonna get something like really, really special here with John Carpenter coming back to do the soundtrack, Jamie Lee Curtis coming back for one final Halloween movie. Uh, and having Jason Blum involved, and it, it, I don't know, it was just kind of building up to be something really kind of special, and horror has been in this kind of really great moment the last couple of years, you know, we had Get Out, Hereditary, A Quiet Place, like, horror movies are kind of building up to be uh, kind of playgrounds for directors to do really special things. Have you seen The Witch? And The Witch, yeah, too. The Witch yeah. Incredible. Amazing, amazing movies coming from the genre. So I thought that this movie was being set up to be a fucking home run. And there are moments of brilliance, and most of them are these really tasteful homages to the series, like mm-hmm. just shot for shot callbacks to that original movie. And I thought it was really well done. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is, of course, absolutely outstanding Wild in this movie. Card. But <laughs> she is not in it enough. And the movie like deviates from her storyline way too much. And we spend way too much time with people that we know are going to fucking die. Podcasters. And that I did not. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like want to be... Um, <laughs> My favorite murderer or yeah. whatever. I love that. <laughs> we yeah, I wanted to take a second to pour one out for the brave podcasters out <laughs> yeah. there. 
there are thousands that have just died in the line of duty. They wanted yeah. to like exploit are... Lori's trauma, though. Yeah. So it was ma- in my line. All right, first of all, I'm a line b- podcasters, but you know, still they're out there in the field <laughs> doing the work. Yeah, they're recording braver than they're the recording veterans. What seemed like audio for the podcast at a gravesite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on uh, the Myers grave right yeah, now. That cracked me up. <laughs> my lady's butt- just looking at him. She's like, "Yo, what the fuck is wrong with you?" All right, we'll we'll get into the details okay. and, and spoilers, but overall, you know, I did enjoy this movie. I thought that there's a lot of sequences that are amazing. There's one shot, there's like a one take in the middle. It's like one oh, single take. So good. It's mm. amazing. Absolutely fucking amazing. But for the most part, I felt like it was just really unfocused. Um w- way too much of this movie just felt like cookie cutter um you know, basic generic horror movie type yeah, stuff. Definitely. Um, you know, with the with the whole high school teenager subplot and just some of the some of the editing choices. There's a moment towards the end where the main girl is in that shooting range. Oh yeah. That and that was, was so like, weird. I was like, what? What yeah. the fuck? It was like insulting to my intelligence a little bit to see <laughs> shit like, like trying that. to make it scary too. And I'm like, why? Yeah, we know what this is. With like, the editing yeah. and the music and it that just happened way too much throughout. Um but I, I got to say, like, for the most part, I had a good time. You know, it's it's a well-made movie. Like, there's some beautiful shots in here. And when it does call back to the, you know, I'm not a big Halloween fan. You know, I, I've only really seen the first one. And I don't care for all the other sequels. But I think if you're a fan of the Halloween movies, this movie goes above and beyond to, like, pay... Uh, oh, yeah, respects yeah. to mm-hmm. all of these movies that have come before and I, I think it does a really good job but as a story and as us connecting to these characters and being invested in what's going on and and the movie doing a good job of uh, of leading us to that final confrontation that it's all culminating in I thought it was really really sloppy and just did not do a good job okay so um this is kind of weird because for two weeks in a row, I'm going to be the most positive person on the podcast yeah, here, which on? doesn't really happen. I don't know. I'm going through some shit in my life. I just want some hap- just to be happy. It's that time of the year. Positivity. I, yeah. I mean, it's spooky time. October yeah. is my time of the year. Um, so I am. I consider myself the uh, biggest Halloween buff fan. Uh, here, I don't know about you your background the with the movies. <laughs> yeah, you're, but you're kind of jacked. I I've been hanging the gym. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. It's kind of grotesque. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're worried. Uh, we're worried. Honestly, I I love this movie. I really think that this movie is everything that I've been wanting from a Halloween sequel for years. Because you've been I burned. Didn't, I've been burned many times before. Yeah. And fucking Rob Zombie. This is kind of the perfect Halloween movie, in my opinion, like for as far as a sequel goes. And I really think that while this movie does have um, it does definitely have some movie knocks. I won't deny that. But this gave me some of the purest highs that I felt in a theater all year. The entire we'll get into it in the spoiler section, but the end of this movie is fucking genius. Like it's 10 out of 10 perfection for me. And this is one of the things where I, I already wrote my letterboxed review for this, and this is an extremely, extremely subjective review that I'm going to give, but I can only speak from my own personal feelings about this movie. While there was only one real character that I had problems with, 
I think that other parts of this movie are absolutely excellent. And what that comes down to is this movie, in the same way that the original Halloween movie created what's now been known as all these tropes of the slasher films and the surviving girl and all these kind of tropes that we've established, this movie turns everything on its head. And instead of focusing on Michael Myers as this mass killer and he's just killing everybody in the way that the Rob Zombie films does, this movie actually dives into a really deep psychological journey on what it means to be the one that survives and what that does to your psyche. Laurie Strode has had to live with this trauma her entire life of having to having this one night in which all of her closest friends die and she just has to live with that knowing that she survived and so did michael and he's still fucking out there and she spends her whole life trying to protect herself and her family to the point where she fucks up her relationship with her daughter but she's just so prepared for his inevitable escape and for him to come after her. And instead of cowering in fear the whole time, she flips on his head and she becomes the hunter. She says, I'm ready. I was, I'm waiting for you to escape so I can kill you once and for all. And I thought that that was just absolute genius. Um, I want to talk about certain moments in the spoilers that I just think are absolutely incredible like you said the shot for shot the way that they do they reshoot almost exact frames from the first film but instead flipping it somehow so there's uh for example early on in the movie there's of course the um the first time that laurie sees michael in the first film she's sitting in class and they're having a discussion about fate and she looks out the window and she sees michael sitting there this time it has laurie's granddaughter sitting in the classroom taking notes and she looks out the window instead of seeing michael she sees laurie standing out there it's not just that though it's the it's basically the same classroom the same chair in the same classroom it's the same same chair in the same classroom and there's just all these certain shots where it looks exactly the same except it's completely flipped instead of seeing michael in these shots you see laurie and that is just a genius homage that I really hats off to David Gordon Green. I really think that he did the best possible work that he could have done on the I can't really imagine a way for this to get better. My expectations for this movie were through the roof, and it's very rare that movies actually meet and surpass those expectations. And I'll just say this is one of my favorite movies of the year. This is like I have this in my top five right now. Oh wow. shit! Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. See, no, no, it was really good though. I do agree. Okay. What did you like about it? Um. Okay. Mainly because it gave me a lot of Terminator Two fi- uh, like vibes. Sarah Connor. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. Especially when yeah, she's like in the tank top and just like loading up weapons. I'm like, this is just T2, which I don't have any complaints about at all. It was just like awesome. In the music, like nonstop. I watched it in Dolby. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Dolby is the way to see this movie with the score and everything else. It was me and then like it was almost empty. But there was like one other dude like way down in the same row as me. Someone's dad, like super dad out. (laughs) He was just loving it. I was loving it. We were having a great time. But um, no, no, it was just all of it was just so good. Like the uh, wait, no, it's a spoiler. I'll wait. It's more towards the end. This is just like a really cool shot. Where they just kind of flip things. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. No, yeah. But I like just the whole that they just dump them like in somewhere crowded that it is kind of different. It's not just like an empty street every single time. It's like kids running everywhere, but he's still like 
It's just he's in a mask and no one cares. And there's like constantly people everywhere. He keeps running into people, but he just, you know. It's Halloween them out. Yeah, he takes taking them out. It's like even like the beginning, like everyone at the gas station, he's just like, what's up? Just walking in, doing my thing. Walking oh, um, out. Boom. So I, it's not really a spoiler because the shot is in the trailer and everything else. Um, but how this movie opens up oh. with them at this uh, mental, mental institution looks so beautiful where they're just all outside. It's all these mental patients because they have to get their outdoors time just in these little squares. And you have these two podcast hosts, guys. Uh, It's like walk up and they show him the mask and he doesn't even turn around or anything. But everybody around them, all these mentally ill people are just like screaming crazy because they can, it's almost like it, I mean, you can kind of knock it for certain ethical things, but it really kind of, it gave me the same vibes as whenever you see something bad happening in a horror movie and there's like dogs that are going crazy because animals can kind of sense this energy. A lot of people think that, no, 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 but I'm saying a lot of people think that mentally ill people are kind of have a little bit of that same nature where they can kind of sense energies, um, more dramatically than humans do. I mean, of course, we all still get, like, vibes from certain things, but to the point where they're, like, hollering and screaming and crying, I just thought that was so beautifully illustrated. Um, Another thing about the score, the Dolby score, the new slowed-down John Carpenter theme is, like, gorgeous. I just want that to, like... It feels good. Yeah, it just... It it felt so good. Because I've always, like... I played that on piano before, like slow down. I'm like, ooh, this sounds like so nice, like so creepy. like unsettling, cr- unsettlingly <laughs> creepy. And then to hear that, like in the movie, I was like, ooh, yes, yes. I uh, I really want to get into spoilers. So does well, anyone have? Yeah, I have a few non-spoiler okay. things that I can, good and bad. Uh, I thought most of the cast was pretty great. Yeah, I thought oh, most yeah. Of Judy Greer was great. Toby Hunt, well, yeah, Toby, our guy. That's yeah. the thing. That's kind of a perfect marriage of. Uh, underrated character actors him her and toby toby was awesome he was very funny he was very realistic she was great uh some of her lines kind of sucked uh but she didn't do anything wrong i don't think um and then most of the child characters did a really good job there were some issues with the granddaughter character where a few of her takes i thought were pretty shit but uh, for the most part, it was really good. One thing that I didn't expect that I really enjoyed was it had that, I mean, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are both really heavy on improvising. And a lot of the dialogue, especially with the younger characters, felt very natural, very oh, improvised, yeah, that was so very good. flowy. It felt it felt genuine, and I really wasn't expecting that. Well, I think that they probably took the same approach because in the first Halloween movie, um, John Carpenter's girlfriend at the time... Uh, Diane Hall, uh, Debbie Hall, um, she was a producer on the film, and she wrote most of the young girl's dialogue as an actual female person. So that's mm. one of the reasons why like, a lot of the dialogue that happens between the girls, even if the acting isn't very good, it's very realistic dialogue. And I think that they took kind of that same approach where they wanted to make it as realistic to actual kids yeah, talking it, it as was, possible. It was good. Uh, a few names specifically... Uh, the the cop I think his name's McGuire, George W. Bush did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. playing McGuire. Yeah. Um, Drew Scheid is the kid who tries to like swoop in and kiss the granddaughter. Oh, man. That if, that guy's great. That I guy love him. is a shoe in. If they ever remake the movie Mask, oh man, <laughs> they don't even have to put like a fake head on him. He has the biggest head I've ever seen. <laughs> in my life. Um, and then the. 
One thing that is a trope and it's been done, but it's just always good is uh, a little kid who cusses a lot. That's just it's just funny. That kid was very oh, yeah, funny. Victor, the babysitter. Think, yeah, the kid, the, dude, that kid was so his, good. His name is Jabril Nantambu. So he has a lisp. He's funny. Yeah. I have a thought about that scene. I loved everything about it, but it felt like it was a different movie. <laughs> I thought that tonally it was just so out of place because. It was just like, oh, let's have a funny little scene before people start to die. There's some humor in the first movie, though. I mean, that yeah, movie isn't completely devoid of humor. They're smoking weed in a car, listening to "Don't Fear the Reaper" but in, before in the, they see her. In dad. the first like, movie, we like we know the characters. We know like who these people are for the most part. And this one, like, we see this babysitter and this kid, and we're like, we have we just know that they're gonna die. Like that's all we know. We don't care. Um, I I was okay with it being pretty funny. Uh, I thought that the the kills in that scene uh, played kind of not scary. Well, um, no, that's the oh. Well, <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I thought I kind of a few people snickered like during that scene, and it wasn't supposed to be funny. Uh, like during the scary parts. Mm. Uh, for the most part, the I I mean there were a lot of really cool kills in this movie. Obviously, um, I the only really really scary stuff was the very end for the most part it was pretty like light i don't want to say that because it's brutal but like i wasn't like ah yeah and well that's been a knock that a criticism i've heard of this movie is that it's not scary enough but honestly okay so before this movie started we got i don't know about you guys but i got several uh new newer horror movies that are coming out which trailers the yeah the exception of pet cemetery which i'm really excited for that movie that looks cool um other than that not joel edgerton no with not joel edgerton jason clark (laughs) yeah um ernie still with the exception (laughs) so pissed off i just i gotta get it straight with the exception of that we have the possession of blank, the haunting of blank, the ex. It's like exorcism they are all the exorcism of whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're all the same, and it's all shitty jump scares with a scary face. And I hate that shit. It's so cheap. It's the same that, violin shit over and over. Yeah, I, it, it's so cheap that I, it's just like ah, we startled you, so that makes it for a good scary movie, and that's stupid. That was one of the problems I had with it is I thought that it was a little bit too much with the over the top jump scares. I love that this movie instead kind of focused more on the characters. That was Halloween? kind of what I was hoping for. It had tons of jump scares. Yeah. But not really, but it wasn't like, it didn't feel cheap. Like It think had it, some cheap ones for sure. I don't think, other than, I think the only like real cheap jump scare that got to me was in the very beginning, there's a fake out jump scare that actually got to me. But other than that, it's very, I thought it was very methodical. Like, think about... Um, yeah, it's, it, they don't overdo it. Sl- slightest of spoilers, you know they're going to die immediately. But whenever you see the podcast people and they're in this bathroom, it's like very plotting seeing his feet walk around and then the pulling on the bathroom door and everything else it's not a jump scare it's more of like an unsettling atmosphere which i feel like is more what uh halloween is all about especially when he drops the teeth that's like the the really scary yeah that was great yeah Yeah. there are a lot of cool moments like that um it's i mean just as far as like good horror directing i'm i was kind of disappointed until the end of it with there were some really, really great looking shots, and then there were some that they really, I, for me, they screwed up the pacing, and the result was it was not scary um, for just like little different reasons. The other, I mean, main knock I can have on it is there's just 
a whole lot of generic stuff going on. A whole lot of stuff that is in every movie. And I want to talk about the new Dr. Loomis character because he was the true person who I just, I, I hated his character. I, I mean, yeah, we're going to get into that because that was like the... All, that was the worst thing there were, about the Yeah, there were a couple things that I thought were unforgivable. That was just... That was so dumb, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, props to that actor because he was like, you know, I'm just going to just take my balls out and just fucking just every line I read is going to be absurd. And he yeah, wa- and he watched Venom and he's like, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I got this. Um, okay. Anything else before we get into spoilers? Uh, no. Um, what do you guys rate this? Uh, like a seven. Light seven. Light seven. Mm, yeah. to strong six. Orange eight. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm going to go uh pretty low. I mean like a six and a half. I thought I thought there was some really interesting stuff going on and then there was just a lot of really really basic uh generic boring stuff. Um so as like trying to be objective as possible, I'd give this like a 7.5. Um for as a Halloween or even just as a horror movie in general, I think this movie is like a 9. Um I'm going to go somewhere in between. I'm going to give this like an 8.5. I really, I really love this yeah. movie. I really love this movie. I can't express enough how much of a joy this was seeing in the theater. Okay, let's jump into spoilers for Halloween. Not Halloween. Oh my Halloween. God, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I quit this podcast. <laughs> you have okay. to stop. Freddy um, dies. So yeah, Doctor, the new Doctor character, the psychologist who is... Uh, almost has like, I guess, Stockholm syndrome for Michael Myers. He just like, he loves him. He thinks he's so freaking cool. And he (laughs) kills George W. Bush. Oh, so that's what it feels like. That was just, it it was all bad. It was stupid. (laughs) Essentially Harley Quinn. When you think about it, (laughs) it was genuinely like fucking stupid. But the thing is, is every horror movie, every single, even like the best ones, even like something like hereditary has stupid characters who do stupid things. That was top 10 stupidest I've ever seen in my life. It was just, it comes, it comes completely out of left field. Like it's out of fucking nowhere. He has a special scalpel. He's property of the state. You can't kill him. It was yeah. I could I saw it coming though when he got on the bus and he was like, "Yo, I'm just like in love with him." And I'm like, mm, I'm, "That's a little, <laughs> that's goes, a little weird." Yeah, I was like, mm. "Yeah." So, I thought he had like some weird like mind control thing about to go down, but so I thought it was gonna be way worse than him just stabbing a cop, which is well, this, so like random, which is, which but, is actually woke. Yeah, this yeah. movie ignores a lot it, it ignores basically the entire Halloween continuity. Oh, but yeah, it yeah. still oh. manages to like tie in certain things from the movies that it uncanonized Mm -hmm. like the whole uh mystical thing of michael myers druids that if you like kind of bummed about that if you touch him irish druid if you touch him you're like possessed with his murderous rage or something i know she was holding that cleaver at the end exactly yeah so she it, it closes in on the knife okay um but okay i want to start at the beginning because this movie starts out really great with the um, uh, asylum sequence. Yeah, that first of all, that looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, most looked, of this movie is shot amazing. Yeah, it looks like, it looked cool. Like you know, if you think really hard about it, you're like, what's going on? He's it's a podcaster who's holding out the look at it, and it's like okay, <laughs> still I I really liked it. I liked all like you said, the, uh, everyone screaming was effective. It worked, and it's it was scary for me. That didn't really work as well yeah, because I didn't like the bark. They were all just barking. It, yeah, like, it was like mm. the cutting was like a little 
comical how it just like kept cutting to like yeah. the close-ups like, of the guys yeah. laughing and then just the hard cut to credits to, it was like you oh. do i the credits i was genuinely cool, the credits i genuinely awesome. love that personally because well, i thought that 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 really like that unsettled me like seeing that and i love the way that it was edited between all of them and you see it's all these people with very different things you have the guy holding the umbrella yeah, the and all penguin. this kind of stuff and yeah the penguin 2.0 and Danny DeVito killed it again. And the way that that does, like, it's just them screaming and then cuts to credits. That that was effective for me. It I, was, I, I, I enjoyed that. I, I guess I would call I, it kind of set the tone because it was like, this movie's going to be, it's going to look good. It's going to be a little cheesy. And it's don't don't think about it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, this is just going to be some kind of pretty down the middle horror movie that just relies on like this cut 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 build of of tension and that and the exact same thing happens at the end when she's in the shooting range and it just like cut cut okay, cut to the so close-ups i, I of know the, i i actually like that scene because so i bad. no i like that scene because earlier on it's established it's like no this is where Lori's like practicing or shooting so that she can fucking kill michael well, it's, yes, but whenever it's you're like, dropped into that at nighttime Okay, if they just took that scene and inserted it into anything else, that would be creepy. Like just seeing well, all these mannequins yeah, it, and everything out there. It's scary what happened. It's the execution of it where it's the like editing. It's like, hey, real quick, here's a different movie. Yeah. Like, but I didn't find it wasn't a different movie. I thought that this movie actually I thought that it did a pretty good job of more f- making you feel like you're with the characters and even if you know like this is a safe zone, you're seeing these characters who don't know that, so they're just thrown into this like, what else is is Michael hiding behind one of these fucking mannequins that are right here? In the same way that he was actually hiding behind a mannequin in the room. Yeah. So I thought that those two scenes actually worked well together because it was kind of a parallel of seeing yeah. this is a safe zone, and we know this is a safe zone because he's in the house, but she does not yeah. know that. Well, well, the mannequin room was super cool. I'm just specifically talking about the way it was edited. It was like... It was comical. They, they probably used 20 shots of the mannequins and then cutting back to her instead of like maybe four. They should have just it shown just her like, actually boom, 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 shooting boom. all the mannequins. That would have been way cooler. It just, it really, the first thing I thought of was uh, the shots in Breaking Bad when they do the Camaro thing yeah. where they, he gets the car and it's just these weird shots that you do not see anywhere else in the show of just like pans of a Camaro. And you're like, well, that's not the, what I'm watching. That's yeah. something else. Because the whole Home Alone sequence with the with the house, like I thought all of that works really well. It would have worked better for me if the movie would have focused solely on building the confrontation between Laurie and Michael. Because we don't, that's not really the core of the movie. The core of the movie ends up being like her granddaughter and kind of her mom dealing with this old lady being like, well, but Crazy. I mean, I think that that is what the core of the movie, that's what it all comes down to because that's, Lori has fucked them up as a family because of the trauma that she experienced from Michael 40 years ago. So like, I think that the core of it, it that is what the story is. I mean, did yeah. you, was it not effective for you? The whole, it's, um, it just the whole felt- like psychological idea of the predator versus prey concept oh, or what no the, work the idea is great of, of her having ptsd and then flipping the script it's that's just not executed well yeah that was my yeah my issue was 
it was like a big tonal clash of like super basic high school stuff going on. And then she just busts in and she's like, hey, uh, I'm just going to stand. Um, is that wine? Uh, yeah. And it's like we're watching different stuff. We're watching yeah. two different movies kind of. Exactly. And all of the high school stuff was terrible yeah. the whole dance scene but was it didn't so go anywhere bad. that's the thing i didn't get especially with the boyfriend like he, he just, just like, disappears is, yeah. from the movie i was like okay yeah he's just gone he should he should have yeah. got killed i wish i, <laughs> See, I thought wish. he was i totally thought yeah. he was they fucking killed my boy dave who was the connect for everyone <laughs> yeah every single time that's what they get fucking the, just the weed he, guy yeah the weed I, guy I, I he's like got that tattoos guy. that's a good actor and he's just like shit but no i kind of i agree with a little bit more with hunter though just because the thing was they the confrontation between Lori and like Michael is the big thing because and it includes your family because they want her to just get over it, but right. there's no way that she's yeah, gonna that's get not over it. That's like whenever you try to tell She literally somebody. has to like kill him. One of them literally has to die for it to be for like it to over. Move on. Yeah. For it to be actually over. Um another thing, uh, a cool idea that was brought up on I've talked about it before, but the Halloween Unmasked podcast is as people always compare Michael to this like supernatural like entity of being the devil because he always dies and then comes back and everything, in a lot of ways, Lori does the same thing. Lori has been killed off throughout this entire franchise like over and over repeatedly. She dies in H two O. She dies yeah, in Resurrection. She, she dies in um. She dies in yeah. She dies in um. One of the she dies like off screen. They say that she like died in a car crash or something. Oh, so that yeah, focuses on her daughter and everything else. Isn't like it's it's a thing where she always quote unquote dies and comes back in the same way that Michael does. So it's like they both have this deep burning desire that one of them has to actually destroy the other one. It's but two forces going. But this against movie each other. ignores all of that. I don't think it does. No, but this this movie it's only set after the events of the first movie and in that first movie there is no connection between those two characters he's not her brother or anything he just sees her and decides to follow her and i will say thank god that he's not her brother yeah but but honestly the plot of this movie would make more sense if they were related because michael myers keeps just happening to wander into where these characters are like in in that first movie he sees her at the house at his house and he just decides to follow her because he becomes that's fixated on her in this one it's like he somehow knows where she lives where her daughter lives where like her friends live well they don't he he doesn't know that she remember he gets taken in the cop car to Lori's house because it's the doctor's idea is just like we have to have a final confrontation yeah he can't find them so that's why yeah, he goes he, on that killing spree just everywhere just like random he's houses. like going house to house like looking for her then why he actually they showed the old Lori the old Lori Stroh house from the first movie as if he goes back there to try and find her but she's not there anymore then so like, why did why did they just happen upon him when he gets run over like they just happen to find where he is well i mean mean, yeah because he's just wandering around the town this is just a little suburb town he's probably just wandering around looking for her i mean Um, yeah it's convenient but it's a movie well yeah as far as like you're saying how they you know they both have some sort of supernatural thing isn't that like kind of a generous way of like explaining that they just made bad movies and they had to fix it 
Oh no, yeah, they made some bad movies. Yeah, I mean, sure. no, I'm not yeah. denying yeah. that it's like, oh, this is a perfect franchise. No, when you see by the Druids, you're like, okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the this is probably the best one out of all of the sequels. You know, this, oh, without yeah. a doubt, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easily, like easily, easily. This series is full of shit movies, but I I feel like they, they could have done a better job of structuring the plot to lead to that awesome final sequence better because the movie just meanders so much, like. It, if we had spent less time with the doctor and with the podcasters and with the granddaughter and just focus on like Michael and Lori's inevitable and, and Judy Greer too could have used a little bit more. I feel like, cause that's like you're saying the deep psychological aspect of the movie is more on Greer than the granddaughter. The granddaughter is kind of like tangentially yeah. well, affected and, and she, Judy Greer's character gets one moment to just dump all her exposition out in the sloppiest way possible and her line reading is like she wants to die like she's just she's just saying these lines like so monotone like i am now explaining my backstory and my motivation in this movie and it's like damn that was a reshot scene right yeah. there okay. they just needed to tack that on so well, like, sure, I understand, like, maybe wanting less of the podcast stuff, even though they're only in, like, 20 minutes of this movie. Like, they, they die. Qu- they're, like, the first people to and get the killed kills by are Michael. great. And, oh, yeah, the kills yeah, throughout this movie, the, the I thought, were excellent. But really um, he doesn't die, though. They show him still living. Well, no. It's, but he's probably fucked. He's bloody as fuck. He's probably dead. Yeah. But um, I actually, like, I thought that I was going to want more Lori, but I liked this whole... I thought that they didn't even need that whole shot of her explaining everything because it is, like, slightly alluded to before, like, you don't know, like, what I had to go through, like, living in the house. Like, Child Protective Services came in and took her daughter away because she was traumatizing her daughter with her own PTSD that she was affected by by having to experience Michael Myers. And I liked seeing that whole dynamic of um the daughter wanting nothing to do with the mom and the granddaughter who's like why do i have this grandmother in my life but i'm like not even allowed to talk to her or see her anything like that so they're both coming at from completely different perspectives because judy greer's character never explains what exactly she went through even whenever she does kind of has that exposition dump it is to uh toby huss character and not to the granddaughter herself. No, so it is, she doesn't it is understand. to the granddaughter. I thought that was to her husband, like no, talking about this no, was, and the little montage of everything. It was to her. Anyways, regardless, like I still, I I enjoyed, well, I mean, yeah, the dance sequence wasn't executed the best. And the boyfriend fucking sucks. He just Aww. grabs just like, the phone well, and puts it in well, the Well, that was stupid, bowl. but I thought that I thought the actor was good. I liked him. I liked him up, up until that point cuz at first like when they like first meet in the hallway, I'm like, "Oh, he's a it typical douchebag." But yeah. then he's like kind of nice with his friends. So I'm like, "Okay, Yeah, cool, him and chill. his him and his friend have like a little bit of a butt buddy relationship. I like yeah, that. I like, but then I like he's that. A but then the, the throwing the phone was just kind of like a <laughs> good luck now yeah. like dealing with Michael yeah, Myers. Yeah, you can't get contacted <laughs> by yeah. your family. Yeah. The, um, the movie needs me to dump the phone now. Yeah, yeah. There's just a, a few much. things like that 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 bother me. More. I don't know. I feel like it. Like it. I didn't find it as like plotting as you guys did. Like I was more sucked in with this family. And like I said, like I kind of. Well, yeah, it like meanders a little bit, but I think that that's kind of even the first movie like spends a lot of time with these uh, with. Um, 
the Laurie Stroh's friends who are like all having sex and getting killed. And you're like, yeah, of course they're going to die. They're like saying they're like in this room, like we're spending too much time with them. Just like, Oh yeah, let's go sneak off and have sex. And we're going to call and make fun of Laurie. Cause she's like, she's a virgin. She's alone. But the, the first movie feels like it's all building to that final sequence. Like everything is just leading you to Laurie and Michael facing off. Like everything just feels perfectly, uh, plotted to to inevitably lead to that and this new movie it doesn't like it doesn't feel like it, it's all being set up to perfectly lead to that house sequence at the end so when it happens it's great but it just feels like we got there in a very roundabout way that's not a stream well i mean the only thing that i i i do agree that the actual him getting to the house everything that happens with the doctor that all sucked I, I won't deny that, but the whole, the main meat of the movie of focusing on the granddaughter and her friends and everything else, I thought that, I mean, it, you can say it was meandering or whatever, but I thought that that did still lead up to everything. Even if the boyfriend was shitty and did stupid things, like, that still served a purpose. That served the purpose of her leaving the party and walking out with that one guy who eventually Michael comes and finds her and Yeah, comes but that's after. all it... Uh, the way I see it, that's all it was. It wasn't actual character building. It wasn't an, any sort of emotional investment or attachment. It was just like, the movie needs her to go from point A to point B. And that's it. And we're just going to forget all the setup that we did and just get her from the party to the grandmother's house and and disregard well, everything. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm I'm shitting too hard on this movie. But yeah, I'm like speaking of like the issues, it's not even just that it, it's the matter of like on paper, the script of what was happening seen before and see it again and then you there's a lot of unique shit going on elsewhere but there was an hour of a movie that is like really generic it's just like a girl going to prom and it's halloween and there's a scary man out there and her boyfriend is mean to her and then this other guy tries to kiss her oh and then also here's this like guy that 40 years ago like it it just felt really separated i just don't i don't think it's necessarily though like you can't completely like dismiss a movie just because it is like it does have cliche aspects in it cliches are there for a reason well yeah if that doesn't like that is a knock on the movie i don't think that's enough to actually dismiss the whole story because i think that this did enough to flip the genre in a cool way with it not being focused on i mean yeah there's plenty of murders and they're really well done but i thought that this chose to make more of a uh, effort to focus more on the actual, the deep psychological relationship between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. I and think that's it, what I cared it could have about. done a better job of even doing that because the movie doesn't really focus on that enough. It focuses on all these other random things. And it, if if the movie would have been all about the the psychology of Laurie's character and we would have followed her journey, the whole movie and her struggles, I would have loved that. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It focuses on all these other characters that we barely get to spend any time with her at all. Um, and, you know, to to the point about the the kills and all that, like, yeah, the they're amazing kills. And I, I, I can't knock it for that. But this movie kind of reeks of David Gordon Green never having made a horror movie before. <laughs> because if you would have put someone in the director's shirt who has made a horror movie before and kind of knows 
what the conventions and the cliches of the genre are and what has been done before, they probably would have made different choices throughout to to circumvent those uh, cliches a little bit more and and the stereotypical horror tropes and not go these tired routes and do the same thing that we see in like countless I just feel movies. like even if you did do that, then it would be more of it, which was a movie that I had plenty of criticism for because they were too they were too quote unquote scary movie like like it was too much just like oh this is a scary movie made by a scary movie director and i kind of like that this was something at least it was different no i'm saying i'm saying it wouldn't be that i I feel like it would have been that though if they would have gotten a scary movie movie director if they would have had if they would have had um what's his name the guy who makes the conjuring movies make this movie james wan james wan if they would have had james wan make this movie then there would be more like uh jump scare time uh like scary 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 that's what i felt like it was i, I felt just, like i, it d- was I didn't i did not feel that way so, at you all. know like i don't know something that just kind of helped me with it just like really like get me in the mood for it was every single time you just you're focused on like the side characters or lori it's just shot like they're like being stalked every single mm-hmm. point of view you're like behind a bush or you're like across the street and it's just like really focused on them so the whole time even though like i know michael's not out yet you like feel like he's already watching yeah. them yeah so like i was already feeling like yo he's coming for them straight They're away like, yeah like yeah. no matter what i don't necessarily i don't <clears throat> knock david gordon green as much as i knock some of the writing because well, i think he that did it write is it with uh, mcbride yeah. no no well i no, i mean I, sorry i didn't mean i meant yeah, i don't knock the, the direction yeah. as much as i do the writing oh no itself. I, I agree with you because i think that, that it is directed excellently i think it's like one of the better directed horror movies that i've seen oh easily yeah easily this just i i think I think, I mean, like the ending sequence, awesome. Yeah, let's get into really, that ending sequence. Really cool. That was, and it's because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't. I wouldn't call it fear. I'd call it dread. Yeah, it, it was hereditary scare. Yeah. Of just like very slow, well made, drawn out, and you really feel like you're there. And that was that was like ten minutes uh, of I think a much better movie. And I think that um, another. Uh, I mean, it, this of course was made the same time that hereditary before hereditary was actually released but there is like one or two shots where um i don't even know if you saw it or if i saw where it he's just because the dolby theater because it's so deep blacks that you can see the contrast more where like you can see him like looming behind one of the mannequins or something like like oh, you yeah, realize yeah. that before it even actually like jumps out at her one one moment or like in that. uh there's there's the scene when they're in the closet exactly. you can see the shadow that's what i was about to yeah. mention when she's putting the kid to sleep you can see see him through the yeah. crack in the door and yeah. i was like oh fuck yeah. he's fucked <laughs> yeah no okay so the whole ending sequence i think that the whole set design of that was incredible and this whole flip on everything where you, you get see the- Lori, who just like the start of the movie you just kind of have this perspective that she's just like she's hiding and she's like living in this cage but it's more so the way that i was thinking of it when it was first set up was that she's like building this basically this like bomb shelter type of thing that she's doing this thing to hide out for whenever Michael inevitably comes, but it's not, as they say, it's not a birdcage. It's a trap for him. And the way that she walks through the room, checks, she walks through the house, checks a room, make sure he's not in there and then closes it. in. she's like trapping him in the space so that they are closer and closer really together. Well yeah, was, I thought that, that, was, that cool. was incredible. It had the, uh, the feel of like 
those horror video games where you're just walking through rooms until you get scared. You yeah. know, <laughs> like it was like fuck, and it looked like those games where it's like a, a really it just looks dirty and gross and like mostly empty too. Yeah. it's like a mostly and empty. that's that's what's scary about yeah. it is the scenes of just emptiness. Um, then uh, we the whole the scene where they to lure him into the basement. Of Judy Greer like crying out like I can't do it I can't do it and then finally he shows up and she's just like gotcha that was just like pure high for me like that was just as good as it gets she shoots him and then Lori coming out of the shadows just like happy Halloween Michael and then stabs him <laughs> yo her face some people like will call that corny shadow. yeah Ooh. some Ooh. people will call that corny I was just like riding on the ultimate high after that. <laughs> And this movie, it it ends on the climax. Like, it really, there is no, I was hoping that we weren't going to have, like, a scene of the next day of them just like, oh, yeah, like, taking care of each other with a paramedic or something like that. Yeah, like, like hey, instead, mom, actually, I love you. But instead, <laughs> you we were get, right. <laughs> they get him trapped in the basement, or do they? That's, yeah. That, that yeah. was stupid. That pissed me off. No, Shoot okay. him in the fucking head. So, end, this, yeah. end this franchise. I, <laughs> but that's the thing yep. with Michael. That's the thing with Michael Myers is... You can't, one, you can never show his face, which they did a really good job before he even got the mask of always having him out of focus or just seeing like The most side you saw was his eye, like his one creepy like, yeah. dead yeah, eye. Yeah, you saw his one creepy eye and then he has a white beard now, but that's all that you except, get. Except in the in the asylum scene where the dude could have just walked around. Like, why do you have to <laughs> no, stand behind no, but him? You can't, no, but that's the whole thing. It's for us as an audience is that you we don't, want to see Michael's face. Yeah, but he could have just walked around, you know? Sure, but I don't want to see that. That would have that would have killed the movie for me if I would have seen Michael Myers' Not face. Not us, the yeah. podcaster. Yeah. We don't have to see it. The, I, the podcaster can just he go and Well, he might have. His face. He might have. Who well, knows? Like, it. does it matter? It doesn't matter. And they the other British. thing, the other thing with They're the Halloween weak. movies is that Michael can't die. He has to survive. And even if... They don't make another movie, which I think they're going to make another movie because this franchise will never die. But even if they do make another movie, or even if they don't make another movie, like Michael can't ever die. And that's kind of the thing. And what some movies, I hate whenever it's like established that it's like, oh, Michael's dead now. Like he's 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 dead for good and he's not actually (laughs) dead. What the first movie did excellently was he doesn't actually die. He escapes. And this movie kind of does the same thing where you get that shot of the basement it's empty. and it's empty. Yeah, it's like, burning and, yeah, and you're it's like, empty. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. It's like, yeah, we should probably just leave him. No. <laughs> Please kill him. Nuke the house. I don't <laughs> Nuke I the think, house. I think, like, I didn't, I, I was expecting that as we talked about it, I would end up being lower because I was really not thinking about it while watching it. And that's why I liked it. Like, like you said, there's some psych, there's some cool psychological stuff going on, but it's an hour and forty minutes. I'd say an hour. Like there's an amount of cliche that any movie will have. An hour of it is just a you know a movie. Like it's just a movie. It's there's nothing like super wrong with it, but it's just a movie. And I I don't know. I thought it might be better than that. <laughs> I yeah, thought that's that- that's what I think. I I just I think I just had too high of expectations for it. I thought that it was going to be something like truly special. I, I see, I I didn't even, and I was I just went in, and it was it was like yeah, this this is pretty fun. It's just like you know, oh the high school and like it's scary. He's he's killing a bunch of people. It's, that's all that's all good fun. Uh, but you know, I don't know. It it could have been great. Maybe. What did yeah. you guys think of the the single the tracking shot in the middle of the movie where he it's just this single take that follows Michael around the house and it culminates in him stabbing that lady in the throat. 
that's that's what that's what I was saying when I like really liked it. It's just him just walking through everything. You can just see kids running everywhere. Yeah. And I'm just like, what do they tell these people? Because you know it's just all like super duper planned out. Because there is fucking kids all over that place. There's adults everywhere. People like yeah, it's going so to parties. it's very well staged. Like yeah, like yeah, there's just so much really shit. Well done. Yeah. I really he's just walking through it. And it's just whatever. It was it was a lot of fun watching him just rampage. It really was. It was just like dumb fun. There's and not- I think that's the thing where he uh, where he's just like he's going house to house, not necessarily to kill everybody, but he's looking for Lori. That's why he's like going house to house in the same. It's on the exact same street as where Lori used to live. So first he goes to the house. And um, there's the woman there who's like cooking in the kitchen or whatever, and kills he kills her. her. Yeah. And then he's just going house to house, just like looking for her. Yeah. And he can't find her, so he's just like, "Well, I mean, these people have seen me now. Like, they can't call the cops or anything for me." So, <laughs> and I almost think, because um, I was thinking about this after the movie about why he kind of goes after the granddaughter so hard, and I think that it's almost an animalistic thing for him where he can sense that she is a Strode, even if she isn't Lori. And so that's why he's like trying to hunt her at a certain point is he's just, he still, she still has that Strode in her. She's got that so, smell on her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he can like smell it. He's, he is by all means like a true animal. And we got to mention the thing that you were hinting at earlier, which is the oh. shot of Lori on the floor. Oh yeah, man, no, that's she falls so off good. the balcony. It's so it's and like even how it's only like half of the shot is that and the other half is the balcony. That's exactly how the first Halloween movie yeah. is, except it's Michael's body there and, and then, then Michael is gone. You have that sound effect and everything Lord. is oh. Yeah, the, when it the comes, music when it comes back, yeah. The the re the remastered, redone soundtrack is beautiful. And him I, I really just love every time he lifts up someone and breaks their neck. That's that's just fun. Yeah, yeah. What it's a, almost what a like blast. He lo- <laughs> he loves to strangle more than he does to stab. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's like his little his little tick. Like yeah. he he likes it's it just, even more. That's how you know he's been around. Yeah. yeah. In my in my theater, because you know, at first he picks up the hammer, kills that lady, and then grabs a butcher knife. There was like applause yeah. from people in my theater. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He got Ooh. the knife. He got the my, knife. My my rat tail guy was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> also, to, uh, this guy's actually a murderer. He should. <laughs> Like reported it to the police. <laughs> the, baby, the babysitter, where we get the close up of her washing the knife. Oh, and she's oh. like drying the it. Little on sound the effect. <laughs> my favorite, so my favorite kill, just in terms of absolute absurdity, is stomping on the head of the oh, cop. Yeah. Oh, that was the most Rob Zombie. Of the <laughs> yeah, it, it was like movie. a Jello it's, head. It was, it was so absurd. It, so, it looked real good. Yeah, it was just so fun. Like it's just like that. That was what I watched the movie for. I just had it like a. Like a dumb fun time. It yeah. kind of dipped its toes in some deeper psychology or psychological stuff for, you know, maybe like a fourth of the movie, and then the rest of it was just like, yeah, we're just we're just watching a guy kill people, and that's yeah. fine. That's fine. What about What's some wrong with of that? the other humor scenes, like the guys talking about the sandwiches, the two cops talking about the sandwiches? That that to me felt like it was too far into. That was the too tenth. Danny McBride. Yeah. <laughs> it, they sh- that in the beginning would be great because we're not already like. Like this is right before we know the big thing is about yeah. to happen, and it's like just like, put, can, can we get on with put, it? Put it like thirty minutes earlier, and it's funny because it's just basically like Bill Hader and Seth Rogen and yeah. uh, that fucking you know Pineapple Express. I did like the and brownie anyway. joke though, <laughs> which oh the brownie, oh, the brownie, yeah, yeah, yeah that was it was very funny, but yeah. it was like, but I was like, he's yeah, about no. to, <laughs> like, it was like ah. Also, the cops in this town are horrible. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, they all suck. Ass. 
they yeah like dude go check it out like don't talk well and about all, it. yeah also the the all the police are super okay with like hey oh michael myers is gonna kill this family and he wants to go to laurie strode's house let's bring the family to laurie strode's house <laughs> so they can be there while he kills them <laughs> it's yeah. okay we have one squad car squad, yeah, squad yeah, car yeah. outside the cops uh, well i mean smart. this is like a small town so there isn't a lot of cops okay so one thing i did like about this because i was worried that it was going to be one of those things where they're like michael myers has escaped well we can't let it get out to corporate they're going to be on our ass but yeah. instead you have like the um black cowboy cop who at first oh, i thought was brian no. tyree henry that, he at, was for, so at like the very bad. beginning i liked him that was just so it was I corny like, yeah. i liked it I liked I, him. no i like him as just like a good like slasher movies need a good like corny character yeah, and that's like, a good corny character i loved his whole aesthetic that's why they had no more cops all the budget went to his hat yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. what about what about the uh I, I love the little seed with the kid and the dad that both get killed. Uh, oh, that kid yeah. was really cool. I like that, like that kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a good little moment when they're when they find the uh, overturned like, I don't want to hunt. I just want to dance, Dad. Dance is important. <laughs> I still want to hang out with you, Dad. Like I love spending time with you, but <laughs> I, I still got dance. dance is my thing right now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, kid. I'm like, I'm like, is this some new main character? Yeah, Am I I'm missing into out? this kid. Am I that was the wrong movie. There was some. There was some pretty decent laughs. And w- really, really quick, uh, that was almost at certain points. That was the only thing getting me through all the high school shit because. Like, aside from that, it was just really basic. Yeah. But they kept it pretty funny. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'll sit through this. Um, this is fine. Uh, another parallel to the first movie um, is the when the bus crashes and seeing all the mental patients just, like, walking around. That's, like, straight up from the first movie. Oh, yeah. Whenever Michael first escapes. That. Is it a bus crash taking... in the first one? No, it's not a bus crash. It's they didn't just... have that kind of Cause, budget. Cause, well, no, because They're just, that... like, loose on a field, and you're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> What's going they're on loose here? On a field. It's a movie. It's just what they do. <laughs> yeah. Back then, they're like, they we have everywhere. no more budget. We spent <laughs> yeah. all of our budget on getting this guy to play Loomis <laughs> and his loose. over-the-top Oscar-type performance. But... It, this, yeah, the, the psychologist. Look, it. like, again, I'm going to say, that actor, he was like, yeah, these this sucks, so why wouldn't I just fucking do it <laughs> like he just did it man he was like i'm just doing this shit like it was uh, a good performance by him his character just yeah sucked. he it's just like i don't know where you're from i don't <laughs> i don't know do you ever wonder what it's like to kill yeah from his first <laughs> oh, line so this is what it feels from his, like his very first line you're like well that's guy's evil as shit yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he was like yeah it's like fine. yeah maybe you should have let this guy die in the bus or yeah, something it's I just don't know. Yeah, that's fine it's fine to have like a like stupid ass character in the middle that's i don't know that's, and his his goal character is just like michael i'm taking you to her i'm taking <laughs> It's like, yeah, did you really think it was going to go well that he's not just going to fucking yeah. kill you right now or what? That kid should have had better aim, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, My favorite shot was the shot of, or other than the tracking shot, was the shot of Michael putting on the mask. Ooh, that was, be- that was with beautiful. With the score soaring. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we were we were really shitting on this for a while, but there's there's plenty of good <laughs> shit in there. I didn't dislike it. I disliked a lot about it, to the just to the point that I wouldn't be able to call it a great movie. But, like... Not every movie like has to be great. I don't think that anyone was trying to make some sort of masterpiece with this movie. No, it's like a it's hot a- take. This is the best horror movie of all time. Okay, <laughs> all right. no, 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 it's more of a thriller. No, Definitely yeah. more of a thriller. Yeah, I, I actually would. I actually would classify this more as a thriller. Which I now like. I kind of hate that thriller and horror are just kind of like 
thrown together now because it's like ah, oh, it's a thriller if it's a truly like if it's a movie that deserves praise yeah it's a horror movie if it's lesser it's, yeah it's just stupid it's yeah it is things. more thrilling it's like they didn't give this movie to david gordon green and danny mcbride and say hey make hereditary right they didn't say yeah. they weren't yeah. saying make this like tone poem that gets really deep into family stuff and gets really deep into psychology they were like this halloween movie's do not want to be that have no, some fun no, no, yeah. yeah just like have a, yeah. have a ball uh i think my favorite kill was the creepy friend gets yeah oh, i love that gate. and his jaw is just like stuck out yeah. and everything yeah, that was the whole really build-up cool. to it where he's slowly getting closer to him every single time with the, the floodlights yeah, oh, yeah I, I really like that kid man i really thought that kid was he a blast fucking deserved he, it. he was great he was very funny i was oh no i was getting vibes i thought he didn't respect those boundaries i was ready for him to get yeah and i and i also i had no idea this had a chad in it yeah there's this is a movie about incels like all movies in my theory yeah. Uh, but, but yeah and another thing I loved about that scene is how he was just not scared at all from Michael at first yeah, he's, he's like hey drunk, man he's, really yeah. he's just drunk that as was, fuck that was super like, refreshing because everyone else obviously is like ah and I didn't I was really like I was not looking forward to him just being like oh, it's Michael fucking Myers oh, oh. and he was just like uh, what's up dude like sorry about your yard yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm in your yard um, I just was getting these vibes from this girl and it was all wrong yeah. I'm sorry I'm leaving <laughs> you ever, now you ever want a girl you can't have yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was also very sorry, funny I'll get out of your hair Myers is just like respect boundaries <laughs> what, if, what if Michael took off his mask at that point and was like yeah man <laughs> michael michael myers is a social justice you know warrior. i always wanted to fuck my sister <laughs> Whoa. um true feminist ally <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway i i gotta i gotta wrap up but let's wrap it up um that's halloween 18 and we have been bought a mic by we <laughs> You can uh, give us a review on iTunes and Oh, and by the out. way, that was Halloween. Not Halloween. <laughs> we have to do it six more times so we can get to the 11th. No, 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 but it, it wasn't even Halloween. It was Halloween. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> All right. Okay, so also one more thing. Follow me on Twitter. Say. I got to go. I literally have to leave right now. Okay, bye. Bye, Drew. Um, bye, Drew. One thing, thank God that they didn't knew, because now that I'm looking at Halloween, they could, easily could have made the L and the O into a 40. And just let's just... Let's just the L? Yeah, they could have just taken the L and then just done a little like scratch on to make it a four. Oh yeah, yeah. And how low forty? Let's how forty ween? How forty ween? And let's just let's just clap David Gordon Green, the producers, that they didn't do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I am uh, at Caldernist on Letterbox and Twitter. What about you guys? I am at Hunt Mobley on Twitter and on Letterboxd. Um, you can read my review for this, as well as my full review for Devil's Backbone, which gets into a little bit more spoilers. Um, my uh, star rating for Goosebumps, which I gave three out of five stars, and more. Oh, also check out on Twitter. I've been doing a little thing. Uh, it's uh, 20 movies in 20 days. I'm just posting a screen cap of a movie. Uh, do yourself a little challenge. See if you can... Uh, identify the movie oh, in each of those just Ooh. based on a still yeah nice. um i will say two of the eight that i've done so far are movies that i discussed today there's a little hint nice. for you all right what do you want to plug right um just follow me on twitter at mango emoji it's pretty much it's it. some fire shit out. on there yeah just yeah. a lot of memes i guess thanks for coming on dude yeah, man. hopefully Anytime. we'll have you again soon um i'm gonna try you can always email us at we bought a mic at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of Halloween. Any of the Halloweens. Let us know what you thought of any of them. How'd you? What'd you think of a uh, Halloween Four: Curse of Michael Myers, uh, featuring Paul Rudd? Yeah, 
I like number three. Well, no, that's return. Is that return? Return. There's return. Curse. Curse. I think curse is five. Like revenge. I don't know. There's too many. Well, we'll be back next week with um, uh, what mid nineties or Suspiria. One of those. Bye. Sometimes, kiss see go sometimes, kiss see go sometimes, spirit, 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 spirit. Moving around, just moving around, kiss see go sometimes, kiss see go sometimes, kiss see ghost, spirit, 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 spirit. Yeah, that's a king. Start that movement, start that movement. Y'all can move me, this my movie. Can't stop me, y'all too sloppy, carbon copy.